जी का खालसा वाहेगुरु जी की फतेह वेलकम टू द सिख हिस्ट्री पॉडकास्ट दिस पॉडकास्ट सीरीज ट्रांसपोर्ट्स अस बैक इनटू द लाइव्स एंड टाइम्स ऑफ आवर एंसेस्टर्स एंड प्रोवाइड्स अ हिस्टोरिक कॉन्टेक्स्ट टू द एवोल्यूशन ऑफ द सिख रिलीजन आवर वैल्यूज आवर थॉट्स आवर प्रिंसिपल्स एंड आवर एथिक्स दैट बाइंड अस टुगेदर एज अ वर्ल्डवाइड कम्युनिटी In the first part of this series we chronicle the growth of the Sikh religion from the birth of the founder Guru Nanak in 1469 to the death of Guru Gobind Singh in 1708 This period was one of tremendous political and social unrest in India The Indian society was inherently discriminatory and oppressive towards women the poor and those who stood in opposition to the ruling classes The Sikh gurus opposed such policies and sacrificed their lives to uphold the fundamental rights to equality, justice, freedom and religion. In this episode we will talk about the fifth Sikh guru, Guru Arjan Dev and his role in crystallizing the concepts of the Sikh faith. By the time Guru Arjan was appointed as the fifth Sikh guru, the Sikhs were already a community who had a culture that was distinct from all others. Six were a community that regarded all humanity as equal, gave women an equal status as men, and rejected the vicious caste structures that plagued the Indian society. In 1588, Guru Arjan first constructed the Darbar Sahib or the Harmandir Sahib and established Amritsar as the nerve center of the Sikh faith. By 1604, he had compiled the Adi Granth. the first version of guru granth sahib which was put into its final form by guru gobind singh in 1606 the indian subcontinent was under the control of the mughal ruler jahangir and guru arjan became the first sikh guru to sacrifice his life to uphold the fundamental rights to equality justice freedom and religion Before we get into details let's revisit the social and political climate of India in the 15th and 16th centuries and the birth of Sikhism under Guru Nanak The Muslim invaders first came to occupy Punjab in about 1000 AD and by the 13th century their power had spread across all of India This change in ruling class also brought about changes in administration and law and order and a forceful conversion of Hindus to Muslims. The Hindu society was also degenerated. The caste system ensured that the women, the low castes and the poor were deprived of the basic human right to an honorable living. Guru Nanak was born in a society deeply divided into Hindus and Muslims. In this society Guru Nanak's Sikhs or disciples created a whole new identity for themselves a society in which men and women were treated equally and there were no caste discrimination moreover Guru Nanak's teachings emphasized naam japna or remembering god in one's actions kirt karni or earning through honest and creative work and van chakna or sharing earnings with others these teachings became the hallmark of the new sikh society guru angad took over guru nanak's mantle collected his teachings and combined them together he standardized the gurmukhi script and gave the sikhs their own written language guru angad was responsible for establishing a number of sikh community centers and placed special emphasis on physical fitness 
Guru Amar Das, as the third Sikh Guru, defined the Sikh ideals clearly and precisely for a whole range of important issues. His most notable hymn, the Anand, is sung at all religious ceremonies of the Sikhs. An everlasting legacy of Guru Amar Das that we cherish today is the getting together of Sikhs from all walks of life and all parts of the world on the occasion of Vaisakhi. The fourth Sikh Guru, Guru Ram Das, was a true visionary for his ability to foresee the need for a moral and ethical code of conduct for Sikhs. In a unique manner, at every Sikh marriage celebration, the profound spiritual hymns composed by Guru Ram Das guide a couple to live their life as one soul and embody trust in each other. Before passing away on September 1st, 1581, he appointed his youngest son, Arjun Mal, as Guru Arjun Dev, the fifth Sikh Guru. Arjun Mal was born on April 15, 1563 in Govindwal in Punjab and was the youngest son of Guru Ram Das and Bibi Bhani, the daughter of Guru Amar Das. Even at a young age, Arjun was the favourite of his maternal grandfather, Guru Amar Das. He learnt the Gurmukhi script and Gurbani under the tutelage of Baba Buddha, a veteran of Sikh affairs who had the distinction of serving all the Gurus. He was also given a suitable education in Persian and Sanskrit languages. During the lifetime of Guru Ram Das, the number of Sikhs had increased enormously. Arjun Mal lent a great hand in administering the affairs of the Sikhs and carrying on the various public utility works launched by his father. His humility and service endeared him not only to his father but to all those who were around him. In due course, Archan was married to Ganga, the daughter of Krishnachand, a resident of the village Mio, close to present-day Jalandhar. In 1595, they had their only child, a son, they named Hargobind. At a young age of 18, Archan Mal was appointed as Guru Archan Dev, the fifth Sikh Guru. As soon as his succession was proclaimed, his elder brother Prithichand turned hostile. Prithichand also had the support of high caste Hindus who were looking to contain the growth of Sikh movement. One of the most prominent supporters was Mahesh Das, also known as Birbal, one of the most trusted members of the Mughal Emperor Akbar. Birbal encouraged Prithichand to repeatedly file complaints with Akbar against Guru Arjan. However, Akbar was a tolerant ruler and had himself witnessed the Sikh way of life during his visit to Goindwal and dismissed the complaints. In 1586, Birbal died in a battle against the Afghans and Prithichand's support in Akbar's court came to an end. Meanwhile, Guru Arjan concentrated his energy with the unfinished tasks of Guru Ram Das. Chief amongst these was the task of strengthening the Sikh society. With the extension of Sikh population much beyond the Punjab, the Masan system had come to replace the Manjis established by Guru Amar Das. To contribute to the development of their society, Sikhs routinely made offerings to the Gurus. These monetary and physical offerings were collected by the appointed Masans and used to meet the expenses of the Langar, or the community kitchen and the general welfare of the Sikh society. By Guru Arjan's time, this work had increased a great deal and it was imperative to organize the system.
In this connection, Guru Arjan asked every Sikh to set aside a daswant or one-tenth of their earnings for the Guru's fund. This money was collected on a voluntary basis and remitted to the Guru through the accredited Masants. Every Vesakhi, all Masants came to Amritsar along with their Sangat or a small congregation to present their collection in person. With a regular inflow of money, Guru Arjan now set his eyes to the completion of another task unfinished in the time of Guru Ramdas, the construction of the city of Ramdaspur, which was shortly thereafter renamed Amritsar. The foundation stone of Darbar Sahib or Harmandar Sahib, also famously known today as the Golden Temple, was laid on December 28, 1588. It is notable that the foundation stone was laid by a renowned Sufi saint of the Qadri order, Mir Muhammad Khan, also known as Hazrat Miyamir of Lahore. Unlike all Hindu or Muslim places of worship, Harmandar Sahib was built at a lower level than the surrounding area. This was intended as a symbol of humility. Also, Unlike mosques and temples, which had only one entrance, Harmandar Sahib had four entrances, one on each side, signifying that the doors were always open to all those who wished to enter. Gradually, the city of Amritsar became the nerve centre of Sikh activity and Harmandar Sahib acquired the status of the most revered Sikh place of worship. The Harmandar Sahib was destroyed many times by the Afghan forces. It was finally rebuilt in its present form and covered with gold and marble by Ranjit Singh in 1820. We will talk about the historical importance and significance of Harmandar Sahib in a later episode. During these times, Guru Arjan toured the Punjab extensively. In 1590, he had another tank dug up at a place about 11 kilometers south of Amritsar, now known as Tarantaran. Here, he also opened a center to care for people suffering from leprosy. These people were abandoned as outcasts by the society of that time. From Tarantaran, Guru Arjan went to the Jalandar Duab and founded a third city of Kartarpur. This is distinct from the Kartarpur in Pakistan, where Guru Nanak breathed his last. From Kartarpur, he went to Lahore and from Lahore in 1595, he went to the river Bias, on the banks of which he founded his fourth city, Sri Gobindpur, in the honour of his son, Har Gobind, who was born in the same year. In five years of travelling through the Punjab, Guru Arjan brought thousands of people into the fold of Sikhism. The birth of Hargobind, however, reignited Prithi Chand's enmity with Guru Arjan. Prithi Chand had begun to compile an anthology of sacred writings of the earlier Gurus and began to insert his own compositions. Guru Arjan realized the danger a spurious scripture posed to the Sikh faith. He abandoned all of his other pursuits in order to make an authentic copy of the hymns of his predecessors. He had the hymns of Guru Ram Das and he persuaded the sons of Guru Amar Das to give him the writings of the first three Gurus. In addition, he also sent his disciples in search of copies that might have been made. Guru Arjan made a final selection of the hymns and recorded them in the Adi Granth, the first compilation of Guru Granth Sahib. 
Guru Arjan himself was a great lyricist and his hymns have a rare quality that touches the listener's heart. He mostly composed short hymns in a simple language. Sukhmani, one of his compositions, still remains a masterpiece that puts the mind at ease and provides instant solace. It is a beautiful example of Sikh teachings and has been a favorite reading with Sikhs and non-Sikhs alike. In all, Guru Arjan composed 2,216 hymns that are a part of Guru Granth Sahib. At the instance of Guru Arjan, Bhai Guru Das wrote the Adi Granth. In addition to the hymns of the Sikh Gurus, the Adi Granth also included the hymns of various Rababis and poets who were associated with the Gurus as well as other learned Bhagats drawn from all over India and from all walks of life. The hymns in the Adi Granth were arranged musically according to 31 classical Indian ragas or musical meters and their sub-meters. This resulted in mixing of the hymns of all the gurus in a particular raga. These were followed by the hymns of the Bhagats, beginning with those of Kabir and ending with those of Farid. At places, the hymns of the gurus and the Bhagats were also interspersed. The Adi Granth was a remarkable compilation that gave equal importance to each contributor. The Adi Granth was completed in 1604 and was formally installed at the Harmandar Sahib. Baba Buddha was appointed as the first Granthi or the first reader of the Adi Granth. Pai Gurdas not only wrote the Adi Granth but also wrote extensively on the interpretation of the hymns recorded in it. His writings are considered as the key to unlock the knowledge of Guru Granth Sahib. We will dedicate an entire episode to talk about Guru Granth Sahib and another episode to talk extensively on the contribution of Bhai Gurudas. While the Adi Granth was still under preparation, enemies of the Guru went to Akbar and claimed that the Muslim and Hindu prophets had been denigrated in the book. According to Akbar's autobiography, Akbar paid a visit to Guru Arjan in Govindwal on November 24, 1598. He was pleased to hear some of the passages read out to him and found nothing objectionable. Akbar, as has been previously stated, was rather tolerant and expressed his deep gratitude towards the Adi Granth. Akbar then made an offering of 51 gold mohars or coins to the sacred book and gave robes of honor to Bhai Gurdas and Baba Buddha at Guru Arjan's request he also remitted the annual revenue of the district to ameliorate the condition of the peasants who had been hit hard by the failure of monsoon rains that year the adi granth became the most powerful factor in spreading the teachings of the guru amongst the masses the hymns were of high poetic order its language intelligible to the illiterate peasant its ethics simple and direct Akbar's admiration was also a factor for the Sikh faith to flourish. During the seven years between Akbar's visit to Govindwal and his death in 1606, the number of Sikhs increased steadily and trade thrived in the four towns of Amritsar, Kartarpur, Sri Gobindpur and Tarantaran, all founded by Guru Arjan. Guru Arjan became a leader of national importance. However, not everyone was pleased with the rise of the Sikhs and the popularity of Guru Arjan. Sheikh Ahmed Sirindi 
also known as Mujadid Alif Sani, who claimed to be the second prophet of Islam after Muhammad, felt jealous of Guru Arjan's influence, especially with the Muslims. When Akbar passed away in 1606, his son Jahangir came to power. This gave Sirhindi and other detractors of Guru Arjan an opportunity to complain to Jahangir. Sirhindi, a prominent member of the Naqshbandi Sufi order, was not well disposed towards men like Mia Mir, a Sufi who had laid the foundation stone of Harmandar Sahib and who preached tolerance of other faiths. Sirhindi advocated the use of state power for persecution of non-Muslims. He aligned himself with Jahangir and extracted promises to reverse Akbar's policy of tolerance and further the cause of Islam at the behest of non-Muslims. Jahangir was not as liberal as his father Akbar. When he became the emperor, he vowed that he would defend Islam and not tolerate the conversions of Muslims to other religions. From his autobiography, Tuzuk e Jahangiri, it is apparent that even before becoming the emperor, he had formed a strong prejudice against the Sikh movement and specially against Guru Arjan. Talking about Guru Arjan, Jahangir writes, and we quote a translation in English, So many simple-minded Hindus and many foolish Muslims had been fascinated by his teachings and ways. He was noised about as a religious and worldly leader. They called him Guru and from all directions, crowds of fools would come to visit him and express great devotion to him. This busy traffic had been carried on for three or four generations. For years, the thought had been presenting itself to my mind that either I should put an end to this false traffic or he should be brought into the fold of Islam. As said earlier, Guru Arjan's high-profile rankled Sirhindi. In one of his letters to Jahangir, Sirhindi described Guru Arjan as the chief of infidels and the leader of kafirs. Jahangir got his long-awaited chance in the rebellion of his son Khusro and he did not want to miss it. He was told that Khusro had met with Guru Arjan. This was interpreted as a gesture of blessing in the favour of the rebel Khusro. Jahangir's autobiography further says about Guru Arjan, I fully knew hearsays and I ordered that he should be brought into my presence, that his houses and children be made over to Murtaza Khan, that his property be confiscated and that he should be put to death with tortures. No other inquiries were conducted and no trial was held. There are numerous historical inaccuracies that state that Guru Arjan had in fact blessed Jahangir's son Khusro and provided him with financial assistance. This inaccuracy in all probability is the work of Sheikh Farid Bukhari who had been given the title of Murtaza Khan or one who had gained the royal pleasure. There are other stories involving one Chandu Shah as well. Many of these stories were invented later to shift the responsibility of the tortures and execution of Guru Arjan away from the Mughal officials and to justify the severity of the tortures inflicted on Guru Arjan. Jahangir's autobiography does not mention any of these stories and seems to be the most reliable document for the history of this period. The real fact remains that Guru Arjan was not interested in any political games played by Khusro and there were no historical records of them 
ever meeting in Govindwal. Guru Arjan was finally taken into custody in Lahore and subjected to some of the most inhuman tortures that mankind has ever known. Guru Arjan was made to sit on a big hot ferrous bread-making plates and burning sands from a hot furnace were poured on his bare body. He was tortured until he was unable to stand any more. He sent a word to his son Hargobind, who was only 11 years old, to ask Baba Buddha to install him as the sixth Sikh Guru. On May 30, 1606, Guru Arjan's blistered body was thrown into the cold running waters of the river Ravi, which carried it away to its final rest. Thus, Guru Arjan was executed within seven months of Jahangir becoming the new Mughal ruler of India. Immediately after the news of Guru Arjan's martyrdom, Hargobind was anointed as the sixth Sikh Guru. Sikhism, henceforth in the words of Guru Hargobind, was to lay equal emphasis on the development of physical and spiritual faculties. We will learn more about the life and times of Guru Hargobind in a later episode. In the 22 years of Guru Arjan's guruship, the seed sown by Guru Nanak blossomed into its fullness. Guru Nanak's teachings, which had been embodied in the hymns of his successors Guru Angad, Amar Das and Ram Das, were compiled into the Adi Granth. Guru Nanak's way of life had now become the way of life of communities of Sikhs scattered all across India. The Sikhs had also become conscious of the fact that they were neither Hindus nor Muslims but formed a third community of their own. Guru Arjan was an unusually gifted and prolific writer. His most popular composition was the Sukhmani in which he wrote, Sarab dharam me shrest dharam, hari ka naam jab nirmal karam or of all creeds the sovereign creed is to remember God's name and do good deeds. This thought exactly echoes Guru Nanak's teachings of Nam Japna and Kirt Karni. Guru Arjan was the most quoted poet in Punjab but his voice was brutally silenced forever by Jahangir. The death of Guru Arjan was a turning point in the history of Sikhs and the Punjab. He was an embodiment of all things Guru Nanak had preached and stood for. He had brought the Hindus and Muslims together in creating a scripture where both were represented and in raising a place of worship whose foundation was laid by a Muslim and the structure itself was built by Hindus and Sikhs. He was a builder of cities who brought prosperity to all communities. As we will see in later episodes, Guru Arjan's blood sowed the seed for the birth of the Sikh and Punjabi nation. In the next episode, we will talk about the sixth Sikh Guru, Guru Hargobind, and his role in uniting the Sikhs as a political and sovereign entity. So keep listening and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash a history of six or on our Twitter handle at a history of six. Vaheguru Ji Ka Khalsa, Vaheguru Ji Ki Fateh.